going to share this with you because you're now a father. You're a new father, new-ish. Yes, new-ish. And so I think, I think that Four you... Four weeks yesterday. Excellent. And so I think that you're going to have some different like perspective, a different respect for this. Sure. Um, sometimes I feel like I'm just like a bitter old prick, you know? And like I'm, I'm 32 years old. I act like I'm 55 years old, you know? And I, sometimes yeah. I wonder, like, does the, does the ticker still work? Can I still feel feelings, you know? Am I just too old and, and withered and stuff? And then... My five-year-old son, who's just learning about how all this stuff works and is asking very sincere questions, asks me, Daddy, when you die and you go to heaven, will you still think about me sometimes? And then, after I'm done crying for 45 minutes, I know I can still feel feelings. Okay. He asked me that the other day, and I lost my fucking mind. I would have probably said... uh Heaven doesn't exist, son. We're just become ash, and that's it. I know but you. You know, it's interesting. Like, you, I, you, I feel like you, you, you told me that story to try to get some emotion me, and you know that I'm an emotional person. That literally, no emotion for me whatsoever. And maybe if my son says it to me, but I also do not intend to raise my son to believe in uh, Christian faith. So I don't. It's not a way that we've raised them. We've been we've been entirely agnostic about it. We've said some people believe this, some people believe that, some people yeah. believe the other. And of course, they're like, "I want the one where you live forever." You know, they're like really excited about that one. So, so it's not like something we drive, but we don't want to. I'm not gonna tell them no either. I'm not gonna be sure. like, "Be a facsimile me, you fuck." No, so I don't I'm want just, to be a facsimile me. Like, oh yes, you do. Yes, be, you do. Be a lot better. Yes, you if do. He's not stop acting like you don't want every fucking thing they do to be exactly. But no, I, I literally do they, not. But they, he got there on his own, and I'm not asking you to think about it from a religious standpoint. I'm asking you to think about it. From the standpoint of a five-year-old son who's worried about whether his son is still going to love him after he dies. Cool. That's just so sweet. God damn it. You're the biggest prick I know. From the local in Minneapolis, we are the Daves you know, this is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude and I want to be who you like me to but we both know I can't do nothing at all. We're at a totally different venue here at a totally different time. And yeah. So I'm going to let you talk about that while I eat a bite of this Reuben. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, we're uh, we're oh. actually over in Minneapolis. Yeah, please eat into the microphone. That's mm. what everybody wants to hear. Not everybody's in that AMSR shit. <laughs> um, yeah, we're over at the local uh, because uh, the uh, local NPSL team, the Minneapolis, Minneapolis City, uh, the Crows, the Drinky Crows, are... Uh, going to be hosting their annual meeting. It was supposed to be a couple weeks ago. We had that gigantic, terrible ice storm and uh, wind storm and 30 below zero storm. So, so they I thought their it. name was the Grumpy Cats. The Grumpy Cats. Oh, the Drinking Cross is a... Never mind. Scratch that. Reverse it. Yeah, Grumpy Cats. Okay. Um, I yeah. feel like their mascot just changed Yeah, it did. in the middle of this conversation. <laughs> it did not. Yeah. Okay. Not the Drinking Crows. Uh, but uh, they're having their annual meeting, uh, which I am a member of uh, Minneapolis City. Um, they have also a super awesome podcast. 
hosted by a few of the people involved with the club. Uh, so if you ever want to check that out, learn more about sort of local soccer, uh, but also sort of that. Uh, it's really interesting. I don't know if you if you look up Minneapolis City if you're not familiar. If, I'm assuming most people who listen to this podcast are, but if you're not, look them up. Uh, they run their club in a really interesting way and a, uh, a really progressive way, which we all really like. I have a lot of their uh, a lot of their gear, um, and they are one of the teams, soccer teams I support outside of Minnesota United. So, so yeah, so we're recording here mostly because I didn't want Martin to drive down to Lakeville and then drive all the way back up to uh, St. Paul like three hours later. <laughs> so, which which I usually do. Yeah, yeah. But tonight so. you were very kind, so thank you for that. I was already heading downtown, so I was like, oh, let's, let's do it early. We'll figure it yeah. out. So we're the lo- we're locals. Yeah, yeah. That's true i think i've watched seven soccer matches in this bar most of them were dortmund uh, borussia dortmund matches several years ago back when you couldn't watch bundesliga right right yeah. you had to go I, it had wasn't to, that long ago yeah, you, you had, had to, like, to go where Fox it was soccer match pass yes. or whatever that no one could afford <laughs> outside of bars you had to you had to absolutely just schedule your soccer viewing around like okay this is going to be there and that's going to be there so who do we want to who do we want to sit by and stuff like that yeah in fact there's like a it's better that it's accessible now but there's a, a wistfulness about that time when it was so do-it-yourself and you had to go seek it out. The people who you were with all the time became your friends through that effort and stuff like that. You know, there's, it was different. There's a, a piece of it I miss. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, scheduling, like literally like emailing and, and texting people and be like, you guys, you going to be at the, at the place that has the pay-per-view for this game? And, right, yeah. And then, and then showing up and like 50 people are there. Like, that's how I met some of like some really good friends that I have now. Like, Absolutely. I just met. So, yeah, it was just great running into people at the Sweetie at uh, Sweetwater, uh, whether it was after a Minnesota United game when they were playing at the Jimmy, like re- old friends that I knew from college or high school and, and all that. Um, so, you know, that's been great. And, I, you know, part of what we want to, you know, do in here on this podcast is actually talking about some of the what's happening here in Minnesota soccer. So as we are wont to do, yeah. yeah. But there actually is some news. Yes. Not a bunch. Yeah. The season hasn't happened. Lord knows we're not signing too many guys, but we got some stuff. There's some things. Uh, and I'm going to throw the uh, Patreon pitch in here first before we get into yeah, the Yeah, we better do that. Yeah. we got to uh, pay the bills, guys. Yeah, exactly. So uh, if you like the content you're hearing each week, uh, you learn a little bit more about Minnesota United or soccer in general, Minnesota soccer in general, if you want to enjoy the high-quality content, and audio that we produce each week on this goddamn podcast. Uh, thank we you to producer it. David Martin for most of that. Um, you know, consider supporting the Patreon. We just we just announced and launched a. Uh, we, you might have heard it last week. We did not record a podcast last week, but we released the first episode of the uh, the rap party uh, or the watch party, which is what we're calling our uh, reviewing of soccer related movies some movies have a lot more soccer than other movies some of the soccer movies have lots of transphobia uh some have a lot of kung fu um some have just barely any soccer at all but we're gonna we're gonna talk about and review a bunch of different break it down dave style yeah dave you me the daves you love and and know and then uh luke and then potentially special guests. We're, we're working on a couple of special guests for some upcoming episodes. Uh, we just released, said last week, uh, 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 Shaolin, Shaolin Soccer. Amazing film. Amazing film. Uh, we're doing Ladybugs next week. So we're going to record that one after we record the main podcast. That is only going to be available to our Patreon uh, subscribers going forward. I mean, we may release one or two here and there for the regular listeners. But if you want to hear every single one, you want to get on that Patreon, uh, as little as $1.69 will get you into that Patreon level where you can get the uh, soccer podcast, uh, the soccer movie podcast, and uh, we're also going to do some other stuff, hopefully. Um, uh, we As the season goes on, we actually get opportunities potentially to talk to uh, 
people affiliated with the club. I know Sean has talked about getting on this podcast. He doesn't make, know make, what he's getting into, yeah. but yes, he has talked about it. And uh, and you know, people like talking to us, so we you know potentially some bus trips or uh, yeah. you know some other awesome content. Uh, visit patreoncom backslash Dave's. I know helps support the Dave's. You know, uh, like I said, any dollar amount helps. Um, we suggest uh, anything that ends in 69 or 420 for your uh, for your month. So, so 1420 did you a see month is really good. Or 1469, 69 would be really did good. You, did you see that Donald Trump made like a 69 joke on the Twitter? I did not. Did he just ruin 69 jokes? Well, first of all, they were ruined. Oh, no, no, no. They were done. Yes, they never so, are. Second of all, I want you to understand the implications of what you choose to do by by perpetuating that you have now put it in the highest offices in the land. This is on you. I'm not sure if I should be proud of that or if I should be upset by that, but I'm upset by it. If yeah. that matters to you, you just you you've hated that since the get go. So, well, dude, it's not funny. It's overdone, it's and having sex sucks. Wait, <laughs> all three, the okay. big three. Those the big three. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Fair enough. Let's let's move into the uh, actual podcast the portion content, of the yeah. of the evening. <laughs> the evening. Yeah. First uh, big news on Sunday. Yes. Well, we, there's other big news, but this is the big the news. Fir- I said it's the first, first, first bullet point. It's of the our, first one we wrote down. Uh, we wrote down. That I wrote down. If you, yes, thank you. <laughs> the clothing which covers our bodies, yes. Minnesota United uh, unveiled an- another kind of it, so, another piece of yeah, it. So, th- so Minnesota United re- released the, uh, the alternate kit for this year. Um, if you are not familiar with the MLS and Adidas contract, uh, Adidas basically has the contract with, ML- <laughs> with all MLS teams to 2023, and they release – a different kit each year. It, it alternates between the the main kit, which is what pe- people in America would typically refer to the home kit, and the away kit or the the alternate kit. The uh, the you know, and so this year was the away jersey. It was uh, replacing the previous white jersey that had the blue sash with the gray target. All right. So not the not the blue sash, but the. So this was the previous. This was the 2015 or 2016 away jersey. Is the white one with the gray, red, gray shoulder pads, or gray basically? I vaguely know what you're talking yeah. about. Yes. So, so Adidas has this contract. They're gonna just keep doing different jerseys each year. Um, apparently, from what I've heard, people who are actually there, like up close, like there's like definition and and there's you know some, some a little like bit of texture to texture the white stuff that makes it look okay, um, but. It doesn't really help if you can't see that. I I was theorizing today uh, when I was at the Blackheart watching uh, some uh, Champions League matches that maybe it'll like show up like when they sweat, so you'll see like Darwin or Miguel's like those. You'll see more of their uh, of the texture because they're sweating more and it's like the gray is popping a little bit more out of the jersey. I, so uh, I want to I want to follow. I want to yes and that thought, but okay. I think we're burying the lead here. If you didn't yeah. see it. It is a white jersey. It's it's it's, it's a white t-shirt. It's a white t-shirt. There's with, nothing to uh, it. A little bit of blue piping on the sides that's, and on yeah, the shoulders. Adidas always has the three-stripe uh, look. A big black uh, Target logo. Yeah, and that's in like the it. It's, that's it. That's pretty much about it. It's, yeah. you, you can get these jerseys um, five for twenty-five dollars at Hanes. Yeah. Um, the so, but I'm gonna yes and your suggestion. I saw. It, I think it was Daniel Mick who suggested. I could be wrong. But suggested that it would be really cool if it got cold, if like the pattern turned blue, kind of like a Coors Light. Like the Coors Light cans. That would actually be a really cool jersey <laughs> effect, and that would be that would actually be. Now I did not care for the jersey, but I think it would be 
balls to the wall awesome if they had a secret built into the damn things that they didn't even reveal until like a month later when it, we played on a cold day and we we're like they were keeping us from that would be seriously ballsy marketing <laughs> that would be pretty fucking cool i'd love it not gonna lie i, I would, don't think that's what's I, happening though but i can yes 99 percent sure yeah. that, that is not what's happening but it's still pretty fucking it's white, cool. it's white jersey yeah it's white shirt it's white, white, it's white shirt yeah. uh yeah i don't know that's it so what i let Let's let me hear what you think of it. Do you like the white jersey? So I, when I first saw it, I was like, because I was at, because I had planned to go to the jersey reveal uh, last year. Went to the jersey reveal and I got really high and it was fucking awesome. Um, and I sin, to, but okay. I planned going. to go, uh, but I had in-laws in town and, and, and my sister-in-law uh, from LA was in town and my in-laws from uh, Madison were in town. So I was like, ah, I'm just gonna hang out at home, you know, not to not go out there or whatever. So I kind of slacked that. I mean, I was like, hey, can someone just send me pictures? Like, whoever's there, send me pictures. So I, Because I really want to see it on, like, on somebody. This kind of seemed like the, the leaks or whatever. And it was just basically, it was like, yeah, it was like literally a white fucking t-shirt with shit drawn on it. It's like, it can't be that bad. And then I saw it. Like, granted, I saw pictures, like, far away. And I was like, oh, it's literally just a white jersey it, with... Yeah. And then I saw the pictures closer, so like I was like I, I jumped in. I was like, oh, this fucking sucks. It's, it's bullshit. And then I jumped. Then I saw some other pictures, like have some of the the texture, like this. You see some of the stuff up close. Okay, that makes a little more sense. That's fine, but you um, need like a you need a magnifying glass. Yeah, to see that texture. I mean, again, I don't think it needs to bat you over the head. Yeah, but if you can't see it, you can't see it. I mean, that. And I just I guess I don't understand the uh, the team's like marketing behind it. Like, oh, it's it's it's. The drift jersey. It's a it's a snow jersey. It's snow drift. It's Who white the, as hell. Like, yeah. Why like people in Minnesota? Like yes, we deal with snow. I would wager that snow is probably like at best the fifteenth best thing people love about Minnesota. Right? right it's right. not. It's it's these awesome springs and summers and falls that we have. That we have four seasons. So, so snow is maybe there, but it's not like the fucking reason we people love Minnesota, especially people who like like and watch Minnesota soccer. I but I, I mean, I don't mind. So it was always going to be white. Adidas designs the jersey, and they have like a one to two year lead cycle on these. So, uh, so what? What you know? What we couldn't just intervene with that kind of feedback. They were going to design it for us, and then Minnesota United said, "How are we going to hype this?" Sure, it's a white jersey. Snow, fine. Now, just because of that design process, Adidas gets to control very, very much of it, and they choose from design templates and put little details that can make it um, unique, but it's still just design templates. Sure. They control it. Minnesota United has a lot less control. That doesn't mean I have to not think it's shit. Oh yeah, and no. I do. I think it's. And, I think and, it's. I mean, that, and and so that that kind of leads us into the next discussion point, which was the Loon jacket, the Allianz Field jacket, <laughs> which they tweeted jacket AF. Yeah, which I just thought meant jacket as fuck, and yeah. and I'm like, is that fuck. is that thing is jacket as yeah. fuck. Yeah. So they incorporated the wing into uh, into that, uh, which I mean, again, uh, granted, it's not. I don't think that one is actually made by Adidas. It's made by Fanatics, which has the MLS contract for. When I was so when I was, they can get a little bit more flexibility with what they do. Yeah, I'll do one more. I'll do one more. Yeah. Um, so when I was working uh, during the uh, holidays, I helped out my buddy's uh, uh, store out in the Eden Prairie Center, the mall out there. Uh, it was a you know, memorabilia apparel store or whatever, and so I got the lowdown on like Fanatics and. The NBA contract and like what they can actually produce and stuff like that. So, so Fanatics was able to get the wing, which is what Adidas has c- kept claiming that 
there was a dispute between Inaria and, and Admiral oh. and uh, um, Zeus Jones about who in the team about who owned the wing. And that's so there was that's I mean that was the reason they gave for why the wing wasn't on the jersey at all originally. Yeah. And so it's the, the argument they keep going back sort of back to, which leads me to believe that that's not necessarily the case. If like Fanatics is able to they were able be able to, to use, crack the, use code, the wing yeah. or or maybe not the exact same wing but a variation on the wing. Well, I think Adidas doesn't fear losing jersey sales to the jacket. But they might feel fear losing jerseys. No, but to but the, ja- the, the also was funny because the jacket sold out on Sunday because like, well, it's fucking awesome. Because it's fucking awesome and it has the wing on it. And then they they're like literally like on Monday they're like, oh yeah, we're back in stock. Uh, and so they, literally it's like clearly. And I know there are some vocal there are some vocal people. Uh, Jamie, Andrew Beck, I'm gonna call y'all in this fucking podcast. <laughs> you are sons of bitches who don't like the wing. That's fine, whatever. You can that's a hill you can die on if you want to die. On that particular it's, hill, it's at least unique. But yes, very I mean, us. But if you're if you're just gonna be a dick to be a dick, come on this fucking podcast and be a dick because that's what I do on the regular this basis. Is where we do it. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so yeah, so the loon jacket's great. I bought that one. I'm not gonna lie, I bought I, I bought one of those. That. So uh, yeah, so this leads us. Do we want to have a discussion about like what is your favorite Minnesota soccer kit in your in your Minnesota life like fandom life? Well, so my my Minnesota soccer fan fandom life doesn't go back uh, as far as many people's, probably many people that listen to this podcast. Um, for me, it goes back to about 2012 stars. Yep. I would say in that time, not the first wing kit, which was a much lighter gray and a much darker wing. <laughs> yeah. I, I liked the idea that the wing was there because I thought it was so unique and so us, but it was too stark. But once we got that charcoal gray with the slightly offset black wing, yeah. the wing was bigger too. That for me in my life, I've got one. That was the that's the only Minnesota jersey I've ever bought. That's I got I got Cummins from from this last the last NASL. Does that year. make it your favorite? Just the fact it's, that you have it. By definition, yes. Um, I'm, but I that's not it's not actually my favorite. Um, I know a lot of people rag on the uh, Admiral uh, light blue with just the patch. Oh, um, I know. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I so when Anne and I were mar- got married, uh, we uh, thank you. Um, we had we invited Pete and Jocelyn from uh, who Jocelyn was the sort of merchandise. She was what uh, Jack Jill of all trades for Minnesota yeah. United at that point. Um, Back in the days when there were fewer people and everyone yeah, just everybody knew hand, each yeah. other. Yeah, all that. Uh, and so we invited them to our wedding ceremony, or not our ceremony, but like the after party. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, <laughs> I love that come you on down. An after party, uh, yeah. it, it was just, it was really, it was randomly like, hey, we lo- you know, love to have you guys down there. And uh, they, they gave us a present, and we're like, you, like, literally, like we didn't invite you to the ceremony. We weren't expecting a present. We just wanted you, like, your kids are awesome. Just wanted to come hang out with you at the at the Nomad, yeah. uh, which is where my wife and I got married. And uh, opened up this present, and it was just it was it was those blue jerseys, all the stuff with Zellberg, and then sixteen, which is the year we got married on the back. Oh, that's and amazing. And so I fucking I fucking love that jersey. I love that Coleman jersey that I got uh, from Brent, uh, baby boy Brent. Um, I need to get him to sign that sometime eventually. But and it's but, great when there's a story. There, yeah, right? exactly. Um, I mean, I guess long like, long story short, like, I don't mind this white jersey. I think it's. Better than the previous white jersey. It would have been great if it actually would have just been mostly white and like they didn't do like the piping, like the blue piping on it. But I don't know. For me, it's it's not offensive. It's just boring. 
Yeah. I mean, it's offensively boring. That's as far as I can take it. But I've seen bad jer- I've seen jerseys I look at and like, God in heaven, how in fuck did that get approved? And that that wasn't this. The the Atlanta Whites they've had for the last couple of years. The white the, and peach. The white and peach one where you can barely see. I don't love anything. it, but I don't hate it. Yeah. No, I'm I'm talking about like didn't didn't Seattle come out with they, they had it was like camo, but it had like their like really stark rave green type <laughs> colors throughout it. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. That thing was garbage. Yeah. Okay. That thing looked like Homer disappearing into the hedge. Anyways. Fair enough. Okay, jersey sucked. Yeah. Jacket is fuck. Jacket is fuck. Yeah. Um, we got some other stuff to talk about. Uh, so, in also while the they were doing the kit reveal, they also announced that they have officially signed uh, goalkeeper Vito Manone from Reading. Uh, on a Vito Malone. On a Vito Malone. Uh, so yeah. So let's talk a little bit about uh, Vito Manone. What uh, he theoretically he's coming in as the number one. I mean, I don't know why he wants. But we've had that before. Uh, so, I, I, I mean, Shuttleworth is not amazing. He has been forced to do a lot, and he's been given plenty of opportunities to make amazing saves. But Shuttleworth himself, probably not your ideal number one. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm not surprised he's in here. I don't think you can talk about Manone with, um, without talking about basically what happened before that. Because we were clearly shopping for good goalkeepers. And... Thought we had one with uh, a gentleman by the last name of Rossi. Yeah, Gustin Rossi. Uh, and it was clearly the right choice not to sign him, given the um, allegations that were made of very credible evidence uh, of domestic violence and stuff. And so I feel like this veto signing is like either uh, like an, oh, shit, what can we get? Or it's like uh, we had several irons in the fire and we couldn't get on this one, so we went on that one. I don't think it's a perfect signing. And the fact that it's a one-year loan suggests maybe that they didn't either, that they yeah. felt like we need to improve here, we need something. Yeah. Our, our first tier didn't pull through. As far as that goes then, as far as a backup, let's find something that'll work signing goes, I think it's not a bad one. Yeah. So there's was, there was a great uh, piece from uh, the Reading SB Nation blog or whatever uh, that talked about how, like, how this was like a, a win-win-win signing. Like... So Reading apparently, so Reading uh, is in a battle um, for relegation. The two, wrong kind of battle. Yeah, the wrong kind of battle. They're in a relegation battle. Um, they were up in the Premier League like three years ago, four years ago. Like briefly, it's, it's it's bad. And so Vita Manone, uh, people might if you if you've seen the um, the Netflix series Sunderland Till I Die, he was the goalkeeper for Sunderland when they went got relegated. Um, he got married by the team chaplain uh, to his, was wa- his team chaplain. Yeah, to his now wife. That's incredible. Um, yeah, and so then he he was not with the team during the summer until I die season. That's when he went to Reading. So Reading and Reading apparently has a plethora of goalkeepers, not just him and another older guys, but like also academy guys. So it's like the the Reading SB Nation article is basically like this is a win win win. It's going to give him an opportunity to go to America. And Vito Manone was uh, an Arsenal uh, prospect for a long time. So it gives him an opportunity to go showcase what he can do. Um, it gets it breaks up the sort of logjam of goalkeepers that Reading has, even like, especially since they're in the, a battle and, and he was making a lot more money than, you know, the academy goalkeepers that they think are, you know, doable in terms of uh, – time and space and, and, you know, minutes and stuff like that. <clears throat> and I think you're right. I think he, he's clearly a a 
upgrade over Bobby in in certain capacities. Certain capacities, maybe not, but we'll see. I mean, the capacities I don't think I don't think where he is a better goalkeeper have. Bobby being better at those things doesn't. I don't think always like why Bobby should start over this guy. So yeah. we'll see. Was Vito was Vito getting the starting minutes for Reading? Uh, it was off and on. Um, the last sort of basically most of this first year or less last year he hasn't been. So it was kind of a I need to get out of here and, and get some minutes. I can do. Yeah. yeah. So okay. Well, like I said, this this signing feels like a silver medal. Um, but I think as far I mean we've signed silver medal signings before, guys. When it's like. Boy, this other thing didn't pan out, so we landed with this guy, and we know how terrible they've been. So, yeah. um, I think this is, or at least obscure, they've been. So, I think this is better than this, the type of silver medal caliber signing we've seen before. Sure, and this and this is uh, this is a loan. This is not a signing. This is yep, not like yep. a, a buy or whatever. So, I mean, I think we have an option to buy if we if we want to. Um, and and the, you know, Andy Grader pointed out in the uh, Pioneer Press column. Um, Fish Rat Factory, east side of the river, uh, <laughs> that uh, Minnesota has not been successful on loans. I think they're 0 for 6 on loans. So if Vito works out, Man, he'd, be, be, the, thinking here now. he'd yeah. be the first the first actually successful loan signing um, that Minnesota United's had. So there's a lot of there's a lot of factors in here. Is he Alboja? Maybe. Is he better than Bobby Shuttleworth? Probably. Will he probably land somewhere in between? More than likely, and is, you know whether I mean they brought in Lampson last year and, and put him ahead of Shuttleworth, and Lampson got hurt, and then Shuttleworth yeah. came in and, and Lampson never to be fair, like won back. the job, and Lampson never recovered. And, and yeah, as far as I'm, you know, I think the but, good news is that Vito should be playing with an improved Minnesota defense in front of him. That's that, that is a low bar. That is the thing that I think everybody's like, oh yeah, well he's he's clearly gonna be better. We're like, well. Matt Lampson clearly would have been better if he had the defense in front of him that's going to be in front of him right, this year. Right. I'm, you know? not, I'm so. not trying to make a comparative whatever with yeah. that. I'm just saying any 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 judgment of how Vito looks needs to come with the caveat that or Bobby this year, honestly. Yeah, whoever whoever it is, I suppose. But don't yeah. don't say we swung on signing number seven or and we hit or we missed on the loan or whatever just based on sure. We say it all the time. Defense starts in the midfield, and goalkeeping is all a product of what's happening in front of it, anyways. And I mean, um, there are certain goalkeepers like David Ahia and Allison and Ederson who can will make ridiculous saves. But right, right. but yeah, you're right. Nine nine times out of ten, the, the, what's the, happening in front of you is what really exactly, matters. There, yeah. Exactly. So all right, so that brings us to whatever. Like the next thing that happened. Um, so they announced the Manone trade uh, or uh, signing on Sunday, uh, Friday. I think I think it was Friday. Um, Minnesota United traded in an international spot. They have each team has eight international spots. Um, we traded, so we had two left. Uh, we Manone was probably was going to be the seventh. We traded our eighth one to Chicago Fire um, for uh, two thousand two hundred thousand dollars in various Ams. scam um, scam yeah that's scam. The best one I've so heard. I yeah, think yeah. seventy five thousand in TAM and then one hundred twenty five thousand in GAM. Which, if we buy uh, Manone at the end of his loan, we'll probably basically cover the cost of Manone. So it was, uh, which is weird because last year Minnesota traded for an international spot, and we paid fifty thousand dollars in TAM. I think we didn't even, we didn't even use GAM. So the fact that an international spot has gone up four times, and and the GAM is actually way more 
uh, useful than Tam is. It can be applied more broadly. So yeah, it can put, be applied more broadly. So that's kind of a that was a fun a fun thing. What do you think about that that trade with the Chicago Fire as you as you this take a gigantic a gigantic <laughs> uh, bite out of your Reuben sandwich? Saw me wrapping my lips around the sandwich. I'm sorry, like, I what do you not, think? What do you I, think? Did, I did not. I was so I, so I was trying to stall. So I <laughs> trying to stall. Well, you can't keep me for me and my Reuben. So um, I don't know. I so one thing that's I guess interesting to me is that. The, the market for allocation monies is so in flux right now. It's Bitcoin because it's it's new and new-ish. We have very little history on which we can base a fixed value. You know, yeah. we, there's now more than a handful of players who've been traded for various allocation monies, sometimes along with other players and prospects, stuff like that. So, But then there's also been only like three straight up, I'm trading you this allocation money for that allocation money. You know, I'll give you 100,000 in GAM to get... 150 in tan. We, we, we have, and but but those are not always comparable. You look at it yeah. and you're like, whoa, they outvalued that, and they we just have so little to go on. So, so it's it's funny though because international spots is where we actually have some some data points. Like yes. I said, Minnesota uh, sold an international spot last year, uh, and they had to buy one back. That's ultimately that was. So they sold they sold one for uh, fifty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And then they had to buy one back. They they traded Sam Nicholson to get that international spot back and all that fun stuff. This year they sold an international spot for two hundred thousand dollars in the in the, the various uh, scams, um, whams or whatever. Yeah, what what no, have that's, you? That's four times the value. <laughs> yeah. Of that. Pre- in, so what is the in value? less than a year basically? Yeah. So so you, so you ask me if it's a good trade or what I think of the trade. I think it's still up in the. I, I mean, it, it's only worth what how bad you need it, yeah. right? I mean, how much is a baseball card worth? Well, it costs one cent to make it, but it happens to be this player from this year, and yeah. it happens to be signed by him, and now it's six billion dollars. So, I think that's the whole point when you know Minnesota fans were getting pissed off about like Ed Matt Doyle and, and uh, people on the extra radio like saying that Minnesota had overpaid for uh, Opara and Alonzo. It's like, well, what is it fucking worth to yeah. to us to you know? Um, Anyways, a serious hole that needs to be plugged, and yeah. yeah, when you've played yourself into the position we've played ourselves into, you got to start paying a premium. Yeah, that's just the nature. Uh, of that. Speaking of holes that need plugging, um, this is our uh, porn segment. Uh, so where do we still need help? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna proffer I'm gonna, gonna proffer a Valentine's Day thing. Uh, no, I, no, I'm not that I'm not that crass. Okay. Um, so where do we still need help? I'm gonna proffer three spots where we still need help. We need a backup yep. to Alonzo. Um, we need a backup slash starting center back. I don't think, uh, depending on w- how Adrian is going to utilize the four in the back, I'm assuming Calvo is moving to left back. Assuming. Metnair um, is a right back. Uh, we have Opara as a uh, right center back. I'm assuming that means Coleman is in. Coleman or Boxall. Boxall has been a right back traditionally for the most part. We definitely need a backup or a starting center back. I think actually, honestly, like I love, as you know, I listen to this podcast, know I love Brent Coleman. Um, Having someone who can come in who can compete for starting minutes at center back would be a major upgrade for this team. And then uh, backup left wing. I mean, um, I know Ibarra can go back and forth. I really like Ibarra on the, Ibarra, like Miguel Ibarra on the right, Romeo Ibarra on the left. We don't really have a left wing, um, so I think those are probably when I I would identify as the three most important pieces going forward. What about you? Yeah, that's a good point. So, um, a co- I've I've got a thousand thoughts. First of all, defense continues to be the number one priority. We don't have the center back situation figured out. I don't share your optimism that Coleman gets the benefit of the doubt there. Um, I think Boxo. 
Yeah. Okay. Just because and and so that calls up a, a, a positional question. Obviously, who plays right and who plays left. But I see. Well, Aparo is going to be the right, the right, the right center back. I I believe that as well. So, but so, but I think that puts so Boxall at left. But so it's Coleman the backup to Boxall then, probably or is, probably yeah. So Coleman's like the backup to both of them basically, well, which means we have literally, and we have Olmsberg I guess too. We have so we have almost zero center back depth. Yeah, I so yeah, I think that if if Heath, if I know Heath, which who can know his mind, but if I know him and he's he's weighing different levels of gambling, I think he says sees playing Boxall somewhat out of position as less of a gamble than consistently starting either Coleman or or Olmsberg, and I think that when you need to provide a backup then behind either one of us starting center backs, I think that he prefers Kalman to Omsberg, whether it's left or right. So basically I think, I think he's more flexible on position than personnel. Okay. I, I mean, I feel like Kalman has, has slid into that left center back position when Kalba was off, was out on uh, international duty though. Yeah. Boxall along, hasn't. Along, along, alongside Boxall. Yeah. But that's my, Boxall is already out there. Yeah. But, yeah. So, but, but Boxall's been, the right back, the right center back, and and Coleman has gone back and forth between left and right. So That's I mean, maybe, I mean, I'm probably overthinking it, and like knowing Adrian Heath, like I know Adrian Heath, probably he probably would not. Feel the same way as well, but anyway, sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, no, that's I, no. Hijack your your, it's a, your your rant. It's a good no. It's a good it's a good digression. I'm just saying. I think I think he values the individual people more than he values their positions. Okay, okay, that makes that's, sense. That's um, what I think. Um, weirdly. Uh, I, th- I think we need depth in the c- in the center midfield, um, both behind Gregush and Alonzo. We clearly need backup as a number six. We are again Alonzo, 34 years old. I hate people saying that, that he's absolutely broken at that age, but anything could happen, and he has a couple of years of injury history behind him too. He's one rolled ankle away from us being like Colin Warner free. You know, I mean, we we, we are really thin there. The other thing with the probable replacement is either Colin Martin or Rasmus Schuler. Rasmus Schuler had a much improved year last year, yeah. but he's not a number six. I don't know what it looks like for him to play alongside Greg Goosh. And honestly, I don't think he's that elite uh, level. We, elite is not even the right word. I don't think he's MLS starting caliber for a playoff team caliber center midfield at any position. Sure. I, and, he's, I, and he's better than Colin Martin. I mean, yeah, Schuler. Schuler's been he's been playing on the left wing in preseason, I, which is fucking weird. Well, yeah, let's um, talk about and, that. How uh, effective well, do you think he's been? I don't, I don't think I don't think I don't think he's going to be effective. I think there, he's. I think Adrian's just getting him some time there so he gets oh, yeah. used to it in case right. and probably because they're not going to sign a backup left winger. Um, and, and I think Schuler is the time to do it. Yes, and I think Schuler slides in better as a as a number eight, a gray goosh. Uh, uh, yes. Backup than a Ozzy Alonso backup, and we yes. saw we saw when you know when uh, he threw out Ibsen and Schuler like and sorry like double eight pivots, and it was just a fucking disaster. And you know, again, we keep mentioning it. We we always talk about how defense starts in the fucking midfield, and you that was a perfect example of, of literally no defense in the midfield. Our defense getting fucking pounded and pounded and pounded, and just shots rained on us uh, all fucking year. So. Um, so I mean that I mean that's why I put as like the uh, uh, you know center back and a six. Like, we need we need both of those things, man. My last thing I'll say is, I think we I think we need a proven left winger or in my magical uh, mind imagining this, um, somebody who can be flexible and play like a like a wing back style, play for, forwards and backwards. Um, but you have to remember we have Finley and Molino coming back, so suddenly yep. things are cramped at the wings. 
I think those guys can play out on the left. I really do. Especially stylistically, are you going to allow them space to roam, which we talk about all the time? Let them cut to the inside. Let them get. Let them find it. Um, if they do that, Ethan Finley and, and Kevin Molino can be really competent. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to throw that in as a position of need yet, but we still need to see how some people are going to play. I- Ibarra got... Sorry, Romario Ibarra got limited time last year. Can he, can he sustain it on a long-term basis? How's injury stuff going to help? How does Grey Goose transition in MLS? There's still so many questions there. Yeah. We could pretty much add anywhere on the field we need to. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's, that seems to be the, the uh, biggest needs to me. And give any concerns about the sort of that center forward position? Rodriguez, probably Dunlady, Toy, backup. Would you want to bring in somebody uh, as a sort of a backup for Rodriguez? A, a veteran, more of a veteran presence? If, or no? if you bring in somebody as a backup to Rodriguez, you need to deal Dunlady and or Toy. They need to get off the books. There's no way that you bury that. Well, you put Toy, Matt, Toy to Madison or Las Vegas or someplace. Yes. You probably, I, but you probably have to deal Dunlady, right? Yes, I, I, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if you add one more, you can't have four deep there and let a guy just rot. Probably Toy needs to go to Madison no matter what. Dunlady... Had a little injury trouble there, so you know we got to see how that pans out. But mostly, I think Rodriguez has the opportunity to do better this year than he did last year. I think the bigger question is how long of a rope do you give him? Um, if he goes five games and is cold, you know strikers are streaky. That's that happens to anybody. Is five games too many? If after ten games he's he's really not turned it on, when do you pull the plug on him? I don't think it's all season. I don't think you give him thirty-four games to figure it out. I think if Five games. I'll, I'll give you five games. If five games go by and not only has he not putting up the numbers, but there's not an obvious chemistry. He's not providing obvious off-the-ball support that's enabling others. If he can't do those things, then you got to start playing Delati on a regular basis, and then you start looking for a third guy, and Rodriguez isn't the answer. All right. Any other uh, positions that you think uh, are of need? Backup head coach. Yeah. Yeah, we need somebody to compete for starting <laughs> minutes at head coach. All right. Uh, all right, I'm going to give you uh, five minutes to talk about TIFO because this is really fucking important. Five um, minutes? I'll give you at least five minutes. I yeah. Talk about it well, for I'm gonna, 30 I'm gonna seconds. Go, I'm going to go, go take a piss, so I need you oh. to, to yeah, <laughs> just rail for about five minutes. Wow, people getting a look at how the sausage gets made. So, um, yeah, so we've got TIFO coming up. Um, the TIFO that we do for the home opener here is going to be um, – is going to be the largest one that we've ever done, and um, that's saying something. The um, Portland TIFO last year was the largest we had done prior to that, and that was about 100 feet wide by 60 feet high. So those of you who got to see that, you can imagine the scale behind that. Um, just one element of our TIFO is going to be almost that big this year, and we've got like um, we're going to cover the entirety of the supporters section. Every seat will be covered with TIFO and then some. So it's going to be big. Uh, it's going to celebrate Minnesota soccer um, uh, broadly. It's not going to be just a game where we say F the other team. It's going to be positive. It's going to be about our team and supporting where we've been and where we're going. Um, the thing is, though, to make something that big happen, we need the support of as many people as we can get. We've got a, a fantastic new TIFO build space up in Maple Grove. I know that's out of the way for many people, but so it is when you have to have gigantic industrial warehouse space to get these things done. 
It's a 20,000 foot warehouse space. We have it all to ourselves. We've got tons of build space in there. I'm excited for those of you who have ever done TIFO in my garage or in my basement before. You can't imagine how excited I am about that. Um, but we need folks to, to chip in. So you can go to the Dark Clouds page. You can go to TNE's website. You can go to Wonderwall's website. You can check out uh, me, my, um, what do you call it, the Twitter, uh, you know, my Twitter machine, my, my feed or whatever you want to call it. I've been sharing um, links to sign up to that all the time. Please, please, please sign up and don't just sign up for one three-hour session. To get this done, we are literally running two a days, both days, each weekend, 12-hour days, both days, for at least four consecutive weekends. And each of those, we have 20 open signups. That's how many man hours and woman hours we're talking about. We need people. I don't care if you show up in a wheelchair. I don't care if you bring your kids. I don't care if it's later or earlier. It's 12-hour days. Yeah. We need human souls there to make it happen. My plea to you, find the sign-up and go sign up and tell your friends. Yeah, get all your – There. that's that's actually – no more than to get your friends, uh, your soccer friends, uh, your non-soccer friends who maybe are just like uh, interesting artistic friends. They might love it too. Like they want a hobby. Yeah. Um, it's I've helped on I think every single TIFO that you've been a part of, and it's been a really amazing experience. Met some really cool people. Um, you meet people across the different sport groups, so it's not just like dark clouds or just T and E or just red loons. It's people and people who are not in sport groups. It's people who are like really love this shit. So. Um, and literally, if we, if you guys, if we don't get this done, it doesn't happen. It's yeah. It's not there's, like a. It's not, not like another a, button to yeah. press. Yeah, you can't just yeah press buttons. It's just it literally is like if it if we don't get people to volunteer to do the shit, it doesn't happen. So please, uh, please do that. I'm glad you had your uh, TFO three minutes or whatever. I could have talked about it for 45 minutes or <laughs> one second. I mean, maybe we'll do a po- maybe we'll do a Patreon <laughs> podcast about TFO. No, I don't want to hide behind the paywall. We're desperate, man. We need yeah. people. <laughs> All right, so a couple other things that we have coming up. Uh, first match. Uh, first match uh, for Minnesota United is going to be on March 2nd. Uh, they're playing in Vancouver. Coming very quickly. Yeah. Um, I believe the kickoff is uh, 5 p.m. our time on the 2nd. Anyways, uh, Dark Clouds, uh, Red Loons, and Dark Literati are all going to be at – or sorry, D- Dark Clouds and Red Loons will be at uh, Black Heart of St. Paul. Um, Dark Literati will be at uh, New Bohemia. So the two bars that are going to be sort of the Dark Cloud uh, watch party bars are – uh, Blackheart of St. Paul um, and New Bohemia Uptown. Um, we have deals at both those bars. It's really cool. Uh, anytime you show up there, show your card of wonder, you get a deal. Um, but they're going to be doing some awesome super stuff, special stuff during uh, game days on away uh, match days. Game day parties will be at Blackheart of St. Paul for the Dark Clouds, Red Loons, and Dark Literati that I know of. Uh, TNE has their own uh, parties. Um, uh, I believe uh, oh, I'm blanking on the name of the Finnegan's is the watch party. It's going to be here in Minneapolis. And uh, Dual Citizen is where TNE will be hanging pregame on match days. So so that's that's cool. Uh, a couple other things, too, um, in terms of, like, the supporter news. Uh, Wonderwall Summit's happening uh, next Wednesday, a week from today, on the 20th uh, at Ladona uh, Cerveceria. Uh, that's going to be uh, where you'll elect the Wonderwall board members. There are some really good beer there. Come hang out. Uh, Dark Cloud Summit, if you are a Dark Cloud uh, or Dark Cloud adjacent want to yeah, hang out with Dark Clouds. Dark Clouds are doing a their summit on the 28th of February, so it's a week from tomorrow. So it sounds like a lot of work and meetings. Yeah, meetings, lots of work and meetings. Um, we are going to be doing a beer bust for the bus to Chicago. So we're trying to pay now we're for talking. the bus to Chicago. 
if you if you want to get on the bus to Chicago, there's gonna be like a, a small fee to get in. But we're trying to get the bu that bus covered. We're doing a beer bus. Summit uh, Brewery is donating some beers for that, um, some kegs for that, and so we're gonna be charging four dollar beers, four dollar Summit beers, uh, and uh, most of that money is gonna be going towards the uh, bus to Chicago for uh, any Wonderwall, Dark Cloud, TNE, Red Loon. It's gonna be Dark amazing. Right person. Um, yeah, and then uh, the last sort of uh, bit of news is that we are doing our uh, Patreon podcast, our watch party podcast for Ladybugs next week with uh, me, you, and uh, Luke Craig, and I don't think we have Rodney Dangerfield vehicle. Yes, we, I don't think we've secured a special guest if we have yet. Uh, we may or may not have a special guest, but uh, we'll see. Um, yeah, so Ladybugs. So, yeah, if you have a question specifically about Ladybugs and you're on the Patreon. I would love it if we got, like, 1,500 questions about Ladybugs. <laughs> send us questions <laughs> about Ladybugs. Like, why is Rodney Dangerfield so transphobic? I mean, we could, we could probably well, spend... Look, look, look. It's not like Rodney Dangerfield writes the whole movie. I mean, that dude is not a script writer. But, but, it is a bad movie. He is bad in it. Everyone is bad in it. And the movie, yes, it's not... It's not specifically transphobic, but it get it derives a lot of its humor out of underage cross-dressing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's not specifically transphobic. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So okay, uh, now I feel like I'm one of these chud heads who are like, well, actually, it's it, this minor difference here. Like, what you're a not, you're not a, you're not a, a loon chud. No, no, you're not a loon chud. Chudloons.com slash org. <laughs> All right. So the uh, last couple things to talk about. Um, so what do you want to see from the rest of the preseason? We, I, I put this in a tactical schmatical. We can do the who's good, who sucks, but let's just let's just make it very broad in general about yeah, yeah, what do you want to see for the rest. Um, uh, the team left for Orlando today, I believe. So yeah, so um, I want to see experimentation. I want to see some. I want to see what does it look like with um, what does it look like with Romario Ibarra asked to play something that goes forward and backward. Um, I, I want to see if if, if you employ. Um, Rodriguez in slightly different ways, whether it's as a traditional number nine. What if he drops a little bit deeper and Quintero pushes forward and they kind of act as interchanging forwards, you know, rather than Darwin just being more of a setup man. I, I think Darwin needs to get in on goal as much as he can. He's got the touch. Um, you know, what, what does it look like if um, we talked about center back combinations? Let's try them all, you know. Um, I hate to say it. What if Calvo gets back in the mix and we just see? Because maybe he can develop a relationship with Icopara that can't be there. There's no better time to find out than the preseason. So I don't even care about the results at all. All I want out of this is just, just to experiment so that we know what cards we're playing with when the season comes. That makes sense. Um, I mean, we haven't, we haven't seen Metnier at all with the team. That is true. Um, yep. We haven't seen, obviously... Uh, uh, Manone, so it'd be great to see what he can do with the team. Um, I was talking with some people earlier uh, earlier today. It was just like, this is the most optimistic I've been after the off after like an off season um, in the last four years. Right, a very <clears throat> low bar. But that's that's also what I was saying. I was like, well, it's the bar is so low. I could like I can moonwalk over the bar. Like literally, the bar is underground. I can moonwalk over. I could literally like just shuffle past the bar. Uh, without having to lift my legs at all. So, and but what I was say, what I was telling uh, my friend was that I, yes, this season's way better than every other off season we've had. But it's also like when actually thinking about it from like an MLS perspective, like this is one of the better sort of off seasons that an MLS team has had this year. 
I think that's if true. You think it's, been, about it, it's been comparatively quiet. Yeah. Now, I mean, again, that's that's maybe damning with faint praise because it's been a really yes. quiet offseason in terms Absolutely. of like people bringing uh, uh, players in and other teams are just so much better than us that like they don't need to do a bunch of shit to yes. make their their team better. So, um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to like balance both those two sort of perspectives. I like, know it's hard for you to be optimistic sometimes. Um, it is. But you're you're right. We're we're certainly in the top half of teams' off seasons. I'd say we're certainly in the top ten. Um, yeah, uh, of sure. off seasons that teams have had. Now, I think the biggest thing is going to be to temper expectations. Just because we had a good off season doesn't mean that we're suddenly a, like a playoff lock or anything. What I really want yep. out of the season, and we'll do a full season kind of preview and stuff. Yeah, coming up soon. What, coming soon. But what I really want is for us to be playoff competitive until the very end. And if we cross that line, we get into the playoffs. I'll be ecstatic. And if we don't, I at least want every game we play this year to be meaningful. I think I think we've got the players to do that if they all stay healthy and stuff. That's yeah. my hope. I feel like that's fairly that's my realistic expectation. It's a not fair, my hope; it's my expectation. It's a fairly reasonable expectation. It's so. Very reasonable. Yeah. To say I'll still be happy if we don't make the playoffs, I think it's a very reasonable expectation. Yeah. Um, anybody who's sucked in this preseason that you've noticed that? I mean, I, I'll, I'll put I'll put this out. Like, yes, we had a 210 minute uh, or, or two, yeah, 210 minute. Uh, Shutout streak, but we haven't scored a goal in also like 210 minutes. That's, that's the thing. So, so I, uh, yeah, are we going to be the Colorado Rapids of 2016? You know, yeah. Um, no, I. So the, there's a lot of questions on defense. We don't have Metanier yet. We're still, you know, we don't have our, uh, our our presumed starting goalkeeper in there. So there's a lot of things, and, and we've been playing lower tier opposition. So there's way too many questions to get like a definitive thing out of it. But it's better to not be allowing goals than to be allowing them. So. Um, that's a that's a good turnaround. Obviously, we put up huge numbers in our very first game against uh, Tucson. You know, uh, Phoenix is a different story, but the ability is there, of course. Um, defensive ability, I think, is there. But what can you say? You got to play against. You know, when we start playing against the Revs here coming up, that'll be a great starting point to start answering some of those questions. But are we are we worried about the fact that we have not scored at all? With considering everything. Everybody knew the defense was uh, suspect. Let's be yeah. very generous and say suspect. Um, but everybody said, but this attack, this attack is one of the, the ten best attacks in MLS, if not maybe even like they've top that. five best attacks that's, in MLS. That's not even close. The fact that accurate. we haven't scored, is, is, is that not, does that not bother you at all? Or? Well, I mean, we put up nine against Tucson. I mean, so yeah, we put like, up nine against a USL one team. So Yeah, I know. No, I'm not. I'm not I just got done saying it's not a definitive yeah. thing, but so what? You, you you had a lousy game against uh, a, a minor opponent, and you had a really really great game offensively against a minor opponent. We don't know enough yet. We just don't. And there's always trying new tactics, new players, new formations, new um, relationships that bud or don't bud. There, like, I'm not taking much from it. I'm more, mostly interested in looking at individual performances. I can say from an individual performance standpoint, I haven't really seen anybody stand out to me. I haven't. Sure. And I, I don't want to get too in depth uh, critiquing team performances because it's all, you're, it's it's answers to an equation that's the wrong equation to, to begin with. So, okay, I feel, uh, I I feel mean, like you're trying to elicit an answer from me that I'm not giving you. I, I maybe I am, maybe I am. Um, sorry, that's that's fine. Uh, sorry, also let's just like try to do some other stuff. Um, sorry. So what do you? So what? Ultimately, do you want to see from Minnesota United for the rest of this uh, so this Orlando trip that 
they left, I think, today. Uh, they'll be playing, I think, three games in Orlando yep. um, before the season starts. What do, you, like, what do you need to see to give you sort of some optimism, some faith in this team being much better than they were last okay. season? Yeah, so I, I, you know, I already mentioned generically that I want to see the experimentation, stuff like that. Uh, you know, I want to see them try moving uh, um, Mario Ibarra both ways, for instance. So what, is, what does success look like then? You sure, know? yeah. Um, I think that we need to see more of Greg Goosh and Alonzo, and we need to see them developing a clear understanding of roles. Obviously, it's easy for you and I to say you're more of a D-mid and you're more of a sure, yeah. uh, you know a box-to-box type guy. But we've also seen in the past great examples where we've had Colin Martin and Colin Warner and Rasmus Schuller, like all on the field at the same time. And it's like watching the fucking Cleveland Indians in Major League, three dudes running toward the ball and smashing into each other. Like they, like they have no idea where they're supposed to be in relation to each other. I'm not saying that these guys need to work it out at that desperate a level, but I want to see some of that instinctiveness grow. And if I see that instinctiveness grow, that I know he's going to push forward in this instance, so I need to either come in to provide a quick outlet or I need to provide space for him, drag a guy around. Like, I want to see some of that instinctual movement there. If I can see that, no matter what the results, I'll feel more confident. I want to see, um, I want to see Rodriguez finish his chances. Like, there's no... When the ball is at your feet with a chance, I don't care if it's preseason, regular season, playoffs, nothing changes there. That's one of the things. It's not like, how do I play off of this guy? What's our relationship? What's my position? No, you have the ball at your feet. Now what are you going to do to put it in there? There's no better time than now. So if he doesn't start putting the ball in the, in the net, I'm going to question it. If it's because he's not getting the ball at his feet where he needs it and the buildup's not there, that, now that's a different story. But in the moment, in the decisive moment, if he's not getting the job done, it's as damning now as it's going to be later. So, okay, so putting the ball in the back of it. Those are two big <laughs> things I want to see. Yeah. Wow, what a but, soccer. Yeah. I'd like to see him score. <clears throat> score goals. Yeah. Score more goals. Damn it. Going out on a limb score. here. Yeah. Score. Damn what, it. What, what about you? What is uh, <clears throat> like, like what's something that says this means success? Uh, you know, I, I just I, uh, presuming that they are, you know, or assuming that they're not going to sign backups to Alonzo. Um, someone stepping up in that Alonzo role and, and, being able to sort of replicate what he can do. So whether it's Colin Martin, whether it's Rasmus Schuler, whether it's you know uh, uh, Chase Gasper, somebody who can step up and, and be an Alonzo clone for thirty minutes. Right, right. You know, thirty-five minutes you know, a game if they if if need be or whatever. Um, I think that's more part. I mean, I I had that leading question about the goal scoring because we haven't scored goals, but I mean, I really do believe. Our attack is one of the top ten attacks in the in the league. When when everybody's healthy, with Molino and Finlay, it's it's up there. And in you know it, this has been that's been sort of adjudicated on other podcasts uh, that people other people not just like us homers think that it's a really good attack when it's all there and clicking now. Again, whether it's all there and clicking, it's a whole other conversation. I won't debate it, but I'm eager to be yeah. proven wrong. And then I guess I just want to see. I want to see what uh, Manone can do in terms of sure, uh, sure. keeping. Um, so what do you? I mean, you want to see the physicality is there? He's making the kind of diving saves. I, you want footwork communication with the back. Yeah, what, mostly communication with the back. I think that's going to okay. be a, that's a huge uh, component of it. Um, I mean, Bobby was great at stopping shots. Um, I think he Bobby got a lot more shots because he did not communicate properly with his back line to tell them where they need to be and or the back line was just shit. And if they kissed the back line was just shit, then I think we've immediately upgraded that with everybody yeah. we put together. So, um, so I just, what, what Monone can do with 
communicating to that back line uh, how well he can do it. Um, I mean, his big sort of the knock on him is that he's not a PK saver, which is fine, I guess. It's, I'd be willing to compromise on that for neither was other areas. <laughs> so, um, so and then his distribution, like Bobby's distribution, was fucking terrible. That's has true. been has been fucking terrible the last two years, yeah. and and I don't know if Minona has any better distribution, but any distribution better than Bobby's distribution is a massive upgrade for the team out of the goalkeeper position. So that's me. That's what I have. So I love it. All right, so uh, let's move on to uh, having some fucking answers. Yeah. Um. So uh, Andy, who was supposed to, so uh, actually, we can talk about this in other news. The days uh, you know are playing. In the Surly Boo Soccer Tournament on Sunday. Oh, yeah, that's right. Should we talk about that? Not long. Nobody cares yeah. about that. Oh, yeah, so we're going to be playing. So if you want to come cheer on the Daves, the Daves you know, yeah. uh, show up at 11. I'm not at sure Surly. what our fir- first game is. Yeah, at, at Surly. In the uh, in the back back of Surly, the the field area. You'll see them. There will be, uh, be, yeah, Daves playing soccer yeah. with beers in hand. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, come cheer us on. Absolutely. Buy us beers. Yeah, that will make the soccer playing better or the, more fun. The one rule is that if you are on the field, you need to have a beer in hand. So we <laughs> That's need our rule. We need yeah. so, yes, it's 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 the one Dave's rule. Yes. Um, so uh, we need people to buy us beers. So come on down, show up and uh, buy beers Absolutely. for Surly, for us. You know all that well, fun stuff. What was uh, what was Andy's thing here? So uh, Andy asked. So Andy was supposed to play on the on the soccer team. Uh, about a month ago, when it was originally scheduled, but then they had the we had the, the ridiculously cold stuff and oh yeah, all that. So he asked uh, Mags, <clears throat> and he's probably going to say Mags. Uh, our friend Mags wants to know your best Valentine's Day memories with your wives, girlfriends, and mistresses. XOXO, kissy face emoji, uh, penis emoji. So, what was your uh, favorite Valentine's Day memory with your wife, uh, mistress? Or a girlfriend. Or your I, don't really ha- I don't really have a Valentine's Day memory. I don't remember doing shit. Any, I mean, w- like if we go out, it's just like dinner or something. We've never, yeah. we've never been one to do a big thing. Um, I will say that tomorrow night might be a great memory. We're going to see uh, a show at First Ave. Well, I should say. Are you going uh, to see Heartbones? No, no, no. I was going to say the, the other entry. Um, the We're going to see Shad, who's a rap artist, um, at oh, the seventh entry. Dude, so. we're going to be... In the main at stage. At first, at the main yeah, stage okay. to see Harpoons. Well, come on over and see our <laughs> shit, man. So well, actually, uh, I think we can go over to your shit for free. You can't come over to our shit I for know. free. No, uh, <laughs> Shad is amazing. Socially conscious rapper. Amazing. Actually beat Drake out for the um, the Juno for uh, Canadian rapper of the year a few years ago. Everybody's like, who the fuck is this guy? But he deserves it because he's incredible. Are you guys doing so. dinner down here somewhere beforehand? Or? Yeah, yeah. Can you add us onto your uh, it's a date? No. It's Valentine's Day. It's a date. No, a I'm not going to fucking shoehorn you into my date. <laughs> what about you? Do, do you have any? Date. Do you have any memories? I'm literally, uh, I don't. I don't really have any uh, fun Valentine's Day memories. With what a lame fucking. Oh uh, my God. Yeah, but I was gonna say, like, I literally was gonna say, I'm really excited for going to Heartbones yeah, tomorrow. tomorrow. That'll be memorable, yeah. <laughs> um, because number one, because it'll be the first time that we will have left our kid with somebody else. Oh, that's true. So yeah. It wasn't either me or Anna watching him like where my mom is going to come over and babysit um so that's like a uh, that's a it's a big it's a big fucking yeah. thing be um, a cool day and it's also dirty dance the dirty dancing soundtrack which i'm a i fucking love dirty dancing i think dirty dancing is one of the five best movies of all time 
So, that is the least shocking opinion I've ever heard you share. <laughs> so, Oof. and it's Harmar Superstar, and it, yeah, it's just an amazing uh, cast of characters. So, cool. Maybe we'll host them over and, and uh, slum it over there in the uh, in the rap world if listen you want. To some, <clears throat> listen to some hippity hop, man. Where are you guys going to go for dinner? Uh, I don't even remember. She picked the place okay. of the show, so it's up to her. I don't know. All right, I might reach out to your uh, uh, wife and see if we can get a table for four on that nah. one. Just the two is good. <laughs> just the two of us is just fine. <laughs> All right, and then uh, last question um, from RCS Spoken Word. That's Rodrigo. He said bold predictions. That's all what, is, what does that mean? I think he wants us to give predictions about the, of the, the, the season. I'm going to say, Rodrigo, you should hold on. We're going to do that. Yeah. We're going to do that in probably two weeks is when we do our uh, – so next week we're gonna do a regular uh, Dave's Head podcast. We're also gonna record the Ladybugs podcast, and then yep. the week after that, uh, I'm gonna come down to Lakeville. I'm gonna get really fucked pre. up. Yep. Spend the night in, uh, in you know Martin's guest room, and uh, we're gonna make some big ass, bold ass MLS predictions. Yeah, this is all news to me. Long as you do yours, land here become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. Uh, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.